So in order of importance, let me list the following. The Johannesburg Roads Agency says the intense rain along with drainage systems that are clogged have exacerbated flooding experienced in Johannesburg. Here's another one on my list. Lionel Messi will have another and perhaps final shot at a FIFA World Cup glory after Argentina defeated Croatia 3-1 in the first semi-final on Tuesday night. If only we could just talk about those two issues. <laughs> but listen to this. Five ANC members of parliament are in hot water after they voted for the adoption of the Palapala report in parliament in complete defiance of the party's position on the matter. And just days before the ANC's national elective conference, and we're recording this with about 48 hours to go, a group of disgruntled members have taken the party to court. Now, I'm being a little bit disingenuous in terms of my order of preference, but I have a funny feeling that some people might agree with me. Do we want to discuss Lionel Messi or do we want to discuss ANC politics? You make the call. Welcome to Scrolla Africa's weekly podcast. I'm Jeremy Maggs, along with uh, political editor Zukili Majova. Zukili, what would you really want to be discussing right now? I was really interested uh, <laughs> yesterday. I hardly, I hardly watched the World Cup. It actually flew past me. But yesterday I watched two of the world's greatest number 10s. I think they've been the greatest for the past 10 years or more. Uh, Luka Modric and... Uh, uh, Lionel Messi. It was great. It was just, it was beautiful. Unfortunately, the scoreline didn't tell the story. You know, I mean, Modric is around 37. In the next World Cup, for, uh, Messi is probably going to be over 40 in the coming World Cup. I wonder if he's going to make it there. But from the brace, from the pace that he, he, he switches on from yesterday, he, he looked young, he looked sharp. He was still the Messi that, 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 that we've known for years, you know. Uh, there's a chance. I know some sportsmen live for a very long time and we all really want to see that again. But sadly, that's not what we're going to talk about in this edition. <laughs> uh, but I think you summed that up very, very well. Let's talk about this whole Palapala Pala thing in, in, in Parliament. So after this impeachment vote, um, has the president bought himself any time? I mean, he must at this point. I mean, it's a shoe in now come... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's going to make it very difficult mm. even at conference for some people to attack him on this particular subject. It's been taken to review. Parliament has taken it out. Uh, the NEC has given a, a, an outline on, on, on it. You know, there are obviously a few people who are going to uh, give him a headache around the issue, or at least maybe more than just a few, for, not just the five that we saw yesterday. From this morning's explanation uh, uh, from Nkosazana uh, Zamini Zuma, that the past NEC that discussed the subject, a lot of people were not allowed to talk. The NEC has got 86 members. Over 20 people were not allowed to, to just comment on the Palapala issue. Apparently, National Chairperson in Gwede Mantashe stood up and muzzled everyone and said, this is the line, this is the ruling. That's what they were mostly unhappy about. Now, this is, some, this is a background that we didn't know about when we saw those five defying the party line. So how do you think this is going to inform the conference then? The sense that I've got is that the ANC thinks this issue has been done and dusted, uh, that they have got the vote that they wanted, in spite of uh, simmering annoyance within party ranks. The sense they have is almost a looter continua, let's move on. Uh, but that's not the case, is it? I mean, this is going to be an overhang. It has to be. There is a lot of disgruntlement uh, within party ranks and within the broader body politic, surely. 
You know, it's a mess. It's a disaster. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely, Jeremy. It keeps getting worse. I mean, from the smallest uh, things that need to be organized, like media accreditation, you know, it's a mess. We still don't have accreditation. Journalists are going to be lining up for hours. You've been to ANC conferences before. You said you don't want to go again because you've experienced this, this kind of too. It's just the way it is. So, yes, I have been to many ANC conferences. I mean, the one that really does stand out for me was in the rain in Pulakwani uh, when there was the switch between uh, Mbeki and Jacob Zuma. I remember standing in an aircraft hangar at three o'clock in the morning, having been woken up uh, by someone saying, oh, well, the queue's now starting to move. And it was another four hours before I was accredited to cover the conference. How can a modern political party still operate this way? Because the sense that I'm getting uh, is that if you still haven't got your accreditation, uh, nothing has changed in five or six years. It's not difficult, surely, just to do this all online. That's what people do these days. It's madness. I mean, <laughs> we applied online. Yeah. It still doesn't make a difference. When you get there, you're still going to go through the queue, actually start from scratch doing the application. I remember the Polokwana thing. That was my first <laughs> coverage of the yeah. ANC conference. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's so disorganized. This morning, there was supposed to be an important NEC meeting, the last NEC meeting, which was to discuss all the papers. Just for context, the by the way, we're, we're recording discussed. this on a Wednesday morning, yes. just so people have got some sort of some sort of timeline. So there was an NEC meeting today. There was supposed uh, to be one. Supposed to be to, to, to discuss what? It is, it is to prepare the, the discussion papers, the last discussion paper. That, that is, in theory, supposed to be the duty of conference, mm. the job of conference, especially looking at what is going on with ESCOM, what is going on with uh, renewable energies, all the energy shortages that we're, that we're going through, the issue of uh, climate change and how unprepared municipalities are, you know, so-called disaster management. Uh, all, all municipalities have got this. They never help anyone. If you lose a house, they just bring you a blanket and a sponge. You know, how is that going to help you? And they say goodbye. That's it. We, so there is a lot that needs to go into this conference, but it looks like it's purely an elective conference and nothing else is going to come out of it. But that's an absolute nightmare because... In any ANC elective conference year, very little focus on governing happens anyway. Uh, this is now further exacerbated with bigger problems that we've got. And I wasn't joking at the start of this conversation when I referenced uh, the, 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 the water crisis in Johannesburg. I know there's been flooding in many other parts of the country as well, big problems in the Western Cape. Uh, electricity supply, we've now reached a level of permanent stage five, it seems. These are the things that should be gripping the minds of politicians, but they're not because of all the pettiness that we're seeing. My question to you is, is the horse trading now done? Uh, or are we going to see a lot more of this over the next three days when it begins on Friday? Actually, this is the time when the real horse trading gets underway. Even with the real money, real money in your hand for a position, real money in your hand for voting for us, that's what's going to be Hang happening. On, don't go so fast. Real money in your hand. I know what you mean, but explain to our listeners the concept of it's almost like brown envelope conferencing isn't it this is what it's it as naked become. as that isn't it that's just the way it has become mm. anyway if you've been to conference floor 
and, and, and just uh, maybe slept in a hotel where delegates are, you actually know that this is what is going on. You know, from submissions, people are able to tell maybe Mpumalanga is with us or is not with us. Then the lobbies will go to the hotel that's housing those people and, 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 and make some offers. What do you have, etc.? It could even be a mayor or some, some assistant or MEC of, in some province, etc. But it's real dealing Dealing. That's how the position comes. Then you end up with somebody in the top season thinking, who is this person? How are they there? You know, again, look at the running mate of, of uh, President Suri Ramaphosa. Now new running mate looks like it's going to be Senzo Mkunu, the Minister of Water and Sanitation. He's not nominated. He's not in the nominations. What needs to happen is that on the conference floor, they need to raise his name on the conference floor and hope that he achieves the 25% threshold that is needed. So a lot of people's names are going to be raised on the, on the conference floor on the night and, and then the real political horse trading begins again. It's, it's going to be just like that every night at conference, in the hotels, all the time. So the rest of the tableau that we see the great plenary session and the breakouts and the news conferences. That's all for show, isn't it? That means nothing. No, that's not yet. That's not, that's not conference anymore. Yeah. <laughs> ANC con this conference is about elections. At the end of the day, if you are in a slate that supported so-and-so, even if you don't make it to national, in your province, you are going to be taken care of. You know, this thing, you can move from being zero to becoming a millionaire. And you, that's just the way people see ANC at the moment. President Tabombeg has been complaining about it for years. Many people have been complaining yeah. about it for years. They've set up beautiful documents like Through the Eye of the Needle to try and sort of guide the party on how to recruit its, uh, its, its comrades. But it's not happening. Everybody is in it for the money. And we're not talking thousands of rands or tens of thousands of rands here. It, the stakes are that much higher. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. being exchanged here. It's a lot of money. These days to win an ANC conference, you're looking at around 400 million. Mm. You know, the run-up to the conference, the, the bookings of hotels, the, 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 these so-called lobbies, they are transported right through the country. They go to Western Cape, they go to this province, they go to that province, etc. Right through, you know, it's, it's very, very expensive. All right, so once all the, uh, the horse trading is done, does it come down to, and I'm going to steal a line here from uh, the Mail and Guardian's Paddy Harper, uh, who wrote an opinion piece today saying, essentially, it's pala pala versus digital vibes. Uh, either of that doesn't fill, <laughs> fill one with much confidence. And thank you, Paddy, for that. It rolls off the tongue very nicely. It's very interesting because here at Scroller, we wrote, we wrote an article during the ANC con yeah. conference in the Eastern Cape saying this is actually what the national conference is going to yeah. look like. If you win this conference in the Eastern Cape, you are likely to win the, the, the national conference. Mm. You know, it was digital vibes versus Palapala in the Eastern Cape. And uh, uh, Cyril's man, uh, Oscar Mabuyane, who is now the premier, got a second term, and he won, he won the day. There were reports that came out that millions from digital vibes had been set aside, around 20 million been set aside to fight the, 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 the conference in the Eastern Cape. Mm. Had they won that and won, and, and now that they've got the backing of, of, of uh, uh, KZN, KZN has got the biggest share of delegates, over 800 delegates going to this conference. If you combine that with the Eastern Cape, which has got close to 700 delegates, that's it, conference done. I am in regular contact with an old friend of mine who lives in the United States of America. He's coming to visit me in February, 
and he is starting to school himself in South African politics. Good luck to him. And uh, the question that he asked me today, which I thought was quite astute before we started our conversation, was uh, in the run-up now to 2024, we've spoken about the horse trading. We know that bar any major upsets, the it's a fait accompli that President Ramaphosa uh, will go forward. Uh, is he, though, a dead man walking? I mean, how does he... How does he navigate 2023, given everything that he's carrying on his back? Surely, Zucchelli, it's now an almost impossible job. And if that is the case, that has a severe impact on real issues of governance. Let's come back to the most important one, and that's the provision of power, which is now, you know, it, it's an issue which is consuming everybody's minds. I think Ramaphosa's relation to power has always been in his hands. You know, he goes to this conference the strongest, much stronger than the last one with 70% of nominations. You know, a lot of South Africans have been asking for the Ramaphosa that they know to stand up and actually govern and clean up the country. And that has but been... But the point I'm making is he can't do that, though, because of all the baggage that he's carrying right now, which gives us 12 months in 2023 of complete inertia. A lot, a lot of what South Africans want to see is Ramaphosa surrounding himself with people who have the vision of cleaning up and fighting corruption. Like who? What he has done like, is like surrounded himself with people who used to work with Zuma, and now you've got people dissenting against yeah, the party yes, line and all words, of that. Which you runs know? completely counter to what he said at the beginning of his tenure. Exactly. Yeah. We're hoping if he comes out of this conference, he stands up. He's got nothing to lose. Mm. It's his last term. You know, he comes out stronger. In the ANC... If Ramaphosa goes, the ANC will lose this coming election. Now, that's power in his hand. So whoever is saying, whatever they're saying in the ANC are around Ramaphosa. Ramaphosa is the man who can deliver the ANC this coming election. Take Ramaphosa out and it's curtains. It's, it's quite clear in Gauteng. They got 47% of the vote in the, in, in, in the just November elections. That was just like last year. That's what they got in Gauteng. So it's going to go down. My question still remains, though, and it's my biggest concern, is this vacuum that we have between the elective conference and the election in 2024. How much governing is really going to be done? Nothing. Well, nothing has been done so far. I mean... But even less is going to be done Even in the next less. I mean, the, the, the infighting in the ANC, it just... It just Hamstrings everyone, I and mean, nothing gets happened. Mkondo, Mkondo today, there's by-elections because five five councillors of the ANC went against the party line, gave the municipality to the opposition. That's why they, they, they were fired. You know, we've got the same situation in Tizobotlo today. By-election, the biggest, 20 awards are up for grabs along with 19 uh, PR councillor seats. And again, it was... ANC in fighting that brought that municipality to a standstill. At some point, you had two mayors, two deputy mayors, two speakers in one municipality and no service delivery was being done. You go there now, it's a mess. It's just a mess. And you have opposition parties that have got their own unique set of difficulties. They are shouting louder, but are making very little difference. Opposition parties are busy trying to drag us back to racial politics, you know, 
it was so funny when the Springboks won the World Cup and South Africans wanted to celebrate with the team. And people were saying, why are you celebrating with this team? It's not black enough. Yet Sia Kolisi was, was a leader. You know, the issue of racism, if we take it out of the equation in South Africa, a lot of people who are in parliament become totally irrelevant because they bring nothing else but continuing to divide this country. Let me try and pull the conversation back to the past 48 hours, if we can. Uh, the five that voted uh, uh, against the wishes of, I guess, Gwedi Mantashe. Um, what are you hearing now? Is some kind of disciplinary action going to be taken against them? Uh, and in all of this, where was someone like Lindy Wesasulu? <laughs> yeah, that was very um, interesting. She gapped it out of there so quickly. <laughs> that was very interesting. I think a lot of a lot of uh, younger junior uh, ANC MPs were hoping to see the leaders of the so-called RIT forces, uh, which is a faction that used to be led by Jacob Zuma, now uh, is going to be led by Zuelim Kize. Zuelim Kize himself, you know, they were they were looking for those people to to lead the yes vote, you know. And, and the loudest of, of, of these people we've discussed on, on this podcast before has been Lindy Wesisulu. You know, she was in parliament. She was present. She was there at the caucus. Come time to vote, she dashed off. All right, why though? What, what, can you try and speculate as to what her, her motive might have been? No, I mean, she just, didn't, she just didn't nip out to the bathroom. I mean, there was a, there was a tactical reason for her not being there. What's the reason then? What, what game are they playing? Well, it's, cl it's clear that she, 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 she was scared to be disciplined. But if you are so senior and you are competing for the position of president and you're saying you are everything better than this president, you should stand up for what you are saying. You know, it might be acceptable for other juniors to try and dash out of this situation, but unacceptable for her. So she weakened her position, do you think? She weakened it significantly. You know, she's never going to be president. But from the work that she has done, she, she could have fooled a number of people, especially ANC Women's League, uh, especially when it comes to the discussion around 50% representation in the NEC and, and, and National Working Committee and, 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 and the top six. Those are going to be discussions that are going to be there at conference. They are going to force a few changes. Some of the men who are at the top are going to be taken out just to, to, to bring 50% agenda parity on the issue. And that's where she would have a chance to really to, 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 to be considered for, for some serious mm. senior position. I think she's weakened herself significantly. If anything, Kosazana Zamini Zuma, to an extent, has written her name into the hearts of the ANC Women's League uh, 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 caucus, you know, or lobby group. Not necessarily that she'll become president or deputy president, but when it comes to this gender parity, her name is going to be touted. And she now faces some sort of disciplinary action, does she? Lots of people in the past have, have dissented, and they were not, they were not disciplined. Yeah. There's Derek Anikom that they're still talking about to this day, but there was never a formal disciplinary. However, in recent times, there have been ANC councillors who've gone against the party instruction, and they've been fired. So there's been that change now in the Ramaphosa era. You know, these municipalities that I was talking to you about, those are ANC municipalities of people who disregarded the ANC and they were fired. And the ANC took that big risk to, to have by-elections and fight these wars again at a time when the ANC is losing votes, you know. So do we have different rules for councillors? Remember, councillors are directly elected by the people. MPs are not. 
Do you mind if we just take a little left turn, a little short left? Because I do want to ask you one question. Um, Carl Niehaus. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it, no? He has become so insignificant, we almost forgot about him. <laughs> Yet, if you look at the headlines, you know, it's almost, it's almost the Donald Trump factor, is that it doesn't matter what he does, uh, he's still going to garner clicks or he's going to make headlines. Uh, people are still fascinated. But is that, I mean, I understand it's a complete sideshow, but it's also, it's really quite sad, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a done deal. Here's the other issue. If you, if you expel somebody from the ANC, do you expel them from the MKMVA, which is the league of the ANC? Does the MKMVA get to have a say? Mm. You know, will the MKMVA allow one of their veterans with their history and all of that be, be expelled from the ANC? So it's, it's not cut and dry. And I have absolutely no doubt, Zakili, that come conference time, he'll probably be standing outside the venue as a single protest with these placards saying something. So I, I, I do remember, and you might have to help me with this one, but there was some protest that he was staging by himself on a concrete pillar outside the St. George's Hotel uh, in, in near Pretoria. And there was, um, how do we put this politely? Do we have mm. to put it politely? Uh, there were posters on that The uh, classic pillar. picture. The classic picture it's a that classic we see. It's a classic picture of uh, house. Yeah. That we see it all at all intersections about penis enlargement. Maybe that's his future, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that, that picture is classic and, and, and it's going to remain there for a long time. I mean, this coming conference, these conferences now, Jeremy, yeah. they tend to ring fence them seriously with, with yeah. uh, security forces, police and everybody. I remember if the last one to be Nazareth, there, he's was, going to be was impossible far to talk, away. Possible to get to the delegates you know, last time. I yeah. mean, you would think that some huge security assessment has been done and there's going to be a bomb yeah. or something. It's intimidating, even with your accreditation. You get intimidated with what's going on at the conference these days. I'm just wondering to myself, as we have this conversation, and I'm looking out the window of, of our studio at Scroller HQ, and I'm wondering if the interest quotient in all of this among South Africans is completely dead now. We've spoken about blackouts, we've spoken about flooding, we've spoken about cost of living. At the same time, and I'm going to be very honest with you, I haven't read it properly, but there is a very good set of scenarios that have come out of the Brenthurst Foundation, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Greg Mills, uh, Ray Hartley have put all of that together. That's the real substance that we should be focusing on. That's what the public is concerned about. So... In the next three or four days when you're covering this conference, do you think that South Africans who have just exhausted after this year have the slightest interest in this? No. This is, this is actually a it's total, a sideshow, a total waste of yeah. time. People are not and interested. Money, you know. We have not even... What did you say? 400 million? Yeah. That number keeps resounding in my head. By it's, way. It's, yeah. it's, it's total madness. Yeah. They are saying that they, they, they want to try and cut it down. People must not use money to get into the ANC and all of that. Yeah. That's not going to happen. With all the things that you've mentioned, Jeremy, we haven't spoken about Deben. You know, everybody is supposed to be going to Deben, plow money into their billions of rent, tourism and all of that. We haven't spoken about Deben. Now, Deben is a stink. 
you know, E. coli in the beaches. It's it's madness. It's not just Durban, it's way down the south coast, isn't it? Yeah. It's all gone horribly wrong. Mm. It's all and, and and there's no accountability. I think to the point about tourism, you've also got to look at the loss to the different communities and the height of or the summer season is 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 when they make all their money. A place like Umschlanga, uh, the the playground of, of South African holidaymakers, losing something like 25 million rand a day because of the mess that is there. It's madness. Part of me wishes I was accompanying you uh, at this event over the next three days. Part of me is absolutely delighted that I'm not because I remember the queuing for accreditation. We've spoken about that. I remember uh, the, the, the long nights, the, the news conferences that go on and on, three o'clock in the morning, and I was doing live television the last time I was there, you know, trying to keep your eyes open as, you know, another politician comes, comes through, uh, you know, with a different spin on a story. Maybe just for the benefit of our listeners, how do you as a journalist approach this? And I ask you this because you come at it from a very different perspective. I've always been there as part of a large broadcasting team. To all intent and purposes, you're it. You're on your own. You know, it's you with your laptop and your microphone and, uh, and your recorder, and that's what you're going to do. How does a journalist cover this? What, what's your strategy? What, how do you plan every day? Well, these days, you, you have to be a print journalist, you've got to be a radio journalist, you've got to be a TV journalist, yeah. you've got to be a digital news journalist, which, which I am, and I have to be all of those, you know, and, and these are the times, you know, who are going to be, I'm going to be there with my tripod, uh, uh, modern uh, phones now, you, you, take, you take footages, you're doing interviews, uh, we've got a recording system where we doing interviews, coming back to do the yeah, podcast every that's day. All the, that's all the stuff we know. That, that's, the, <laughs> that's the show, okay? Let, it's, it's beyond that, though. You're also, you've got your sources. You're going to be talking to people all the time. People are going to be feeding you information. Your challenge is to look at this very opaque puzzle and try and put it all together to make some sense for our audience. That's difficult to do. Yeah, that's, but that's the one thing that we're going to be doing at Scroller, you know, sifting through the mess, you know, and, and just simplifying it and say, this, this is what is going on. You know, um, we've, got, we've got access to, to a lot of these lobby groups. You know, we, in South Africa these days, you, 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 you have this he said, she said kind of reporting. We don't want that. You know, we, we just want to tell you this is what's going on right now or this is what is going to happen right now. And right through our coverage, that is what we have been saying. You're going to sleep well afterwards because you're not going to get any sleep for the next couple of days, are you? I'm going to sleep very well. I've got a boy in the bush in the Eastern Cape. It's, it's the initiation season it's coming out on the 20th. That's a yeah. subject that we haven't spoken about guys dying in the bush yeah. and no one gets prosecuted for it hopefully our boy is going to come back on the 20th and we're having a big jamboree at home so immediately after this conference i'm going straight home for a big jamboree as you've been talking to me um i've been our, our colleague toby shapshak who's 
producing this for us uh, has been writing what we call in the in in the business the, the blurb it's the it's the it's the it's kind of the, the the sales line about the podcast and i'm going to suggest to you toby that uh, zucchini has come up with the best title for this podcast and it's called sifting through the mess which i think is absolutely fantastic um, <laughs> so zucchini good luck um, I, I really hope it goes well. Um, it's 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 a tough couple of days. Um, thank you for listening to Scrollercast, the weekly podcast of Scroller Africa. I'm Jeremy Mags. My co-host is our political editor, uh, Zukili Majova. Our executive producer is Toby Shapshak. I've just mentioned Toby. And our director of audio is Hans Baumgarten. Scroller's editorial director is Philip Fenikirk. Mungo Sogut is our fearless leader. Please subscribe. Uh, if you like us, we hope you do, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can read incisive political coverage and news at scroller.africa. Thank you for listening. <laughs>